Hello listeners, this is your host Roxanne Fletcher, and welcome back to another episode of Dark Crossroads. So today we are going to be covering a case that was sent in by one of our listeners. It is covering the case of the Friday the 13th copycat killer. Um, If you are anywhere in Massachusetts, mostly near the Western Mass, you probably know or have heard of this case. Um, But with that, let's jump right in. Almost everyone in the Western world takes notice when the 13th of the month falls on a Friday. Long considered a harbinger of bad luck, Friday the 13th is considered an unlucky day and this makes many people superstitious of this day. According to the Stress Management Center and Phobia Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, an estimated 17 to 21 million people in the United States are affected by a fear of this particular day making it the most feared day and date in history. Since the 1980 debut of Sean Cunningham's film, Friday the 13th, and its subsequent franchise, the day has taken on a somewhat spookier meaning, and when it takes place in October, some even take it as a cue to start getting in more of a Halloween mood. For some, though, it can be a cause of serious anxiety. The story we are going to cover today is about how Friday that Friday the 13th came to life and terrorized the town of Greenfield, Massachusetts through Halloween 1988. On October 24, 1988, the urban legend of Friday the 13th became the truth in the small town of Greenfield, Massachusetts. Sharon Gregory was an 18-year-old freshman psychology major at Greenfield Community College. She was doing an assignment for her psychology class and asked a fellow classmate from her high school if she could write a psychological profile about him. Sharon learned about Mark Branch's obsession and was intrigued. He agreed to this, but later it didn't sit too well with him. Greenfield police chief at the time, David McCarthy, later said, Sharon Gregory had in her possession a psychological profile of Mark Branch, and that profile was wanted badly by Mark. He didn't like her having it, and he wanted it. Curiously, police were later unable to confirm that this was done as part of her coursework. Just how well acquainted the two were is also unclear, but what is known is that Mark knew that Sharon had written up a psychological profile about him, and he wanted it bad. Unfortunately, this decision would lead to her murder. Sharon was the third woman murdered in the town of Greenfield in the past two years. Mark, an 18-year-old grocery store clerk, had a keen interest in horror slasher movies, especially the Friday the 13th series. Some have referred to Branch's fascination as an obsession. He loved Jason, the machete-wielding protagonist of the film series. He wanted to be just like him. A video store owner described Branch as an enthusiast of bloody horror films, particularly the Friday the 13th series that features a character who slashes his victims. A worker at the Video Expo 1 in Greenfield said Branch has rented and purchased hundreds of horror videos from his store. He rented strictly gore, period, he said. The gorier, the better. 
Published reports indicated Branch had been under psychiatric care for several years. One report said that he had sought treatment at a Boston psychiatric hospital after leaving the New Salem Academy, a private school, six weeks into the school year in 1984. Branch became an urban legend in the city of Greenfield. Everyone knew who he was. One local story involves Branch modeling himself after the villain of 1974's Black Christmas. Branch supposedly kept files about the girls in his high school and used these while making obscene phone calls to them in the evenings. Branch also allegedly wrote notes to the girls where he explained in gruesome detail how he would kill them. He was essentially searching for his next victim. Mark donned Jason's trademark hockey mask and his big black boots, and he headed to Sharon's house. No one knows exactly what happened that night when Branch entered Sharon's house, but hours later, Sharon's mutilated body was found in her home by her identical twin sister, Cheryl, in the bathroom. She had been stabbed repeatedly in the back, abdomen, face, and head, according to police reports. Police honed in on Branch as a suspect immediately. The police were suspicious of Mark Branch as soon as they uncovered Sharon's body, and they immediately launched a full-scale manhunt. It's unclear why the police initially singled out Branch as the killer. Perhaps they had a tip about Mark disappearing, but once the authorities decided he was their man, they didn't have a second thought. State police said that the search has been made more difficult by a growing nervousness in the community and repeated rumors of other stabbings happening. Greenfield Police Captain Joseph Lachance said that the department's five lines have been lit perpetually with inquiries about the rumors. Police said that they were maintaining around-the-clock patrol and checking out numerous reports of sightings, but they said that there was no sign that Branch was in the area. After someone reported Branch's car at the edge of the woods, police combed the forest but to no avail. There are thousands of camps and shacks out in these woods, said Police Chief David McCarthy, noting that Mark could be moving from camp to camp, or he could be a thousand miles away. Police and the media quickly blamed the tragedy on Mark Branch's obsession with gore and horror movies. When police searched Branch's apartment, they found a veritable monument to horror. They reportedly recovered 75 75 slasher films, 64 killer-related books, three knives, a machete, and three ghoulie masks, kind of like from the Friday the 13th movies. As Halloween approached and more and more sensational media coverage came out about Branch's obsession with the Friday the 13th, area residents became increasingly frightened. October 24th was a Monday, which meant Halloween celebrations were happening throughout the weekend and likely into the next week. The police didn't only have to deal with the usual pranksters causing trouble. Now they had a killer on their hands. Police worked tirelessly trying to calm the people of the town while also searching for a murder suspect. The police effectively shut down Halloween and Greenfield. They moved trick-or-treating to the middle of the day and canceled the Halloween parade. The local theater changed its plans to premiere Halloween, the return of Michael Myers, though how exactly that helped is somewhat unclear. 
Perhaps they feared that Mark would show up to attend the film. After all, Jason is, to a large extent, just a ripoff of Michael Myers. The community college canceled a Halloween dance because of Sharon's death. Gary Sevilla, chief of nearby Asheville police, said he was also considering calling off the town's Halloween parade Monday if Branch was not found. The police worried about Mark Branch returning and enacting a sequel to his first slaying. They also wanted to make sure that there were no copycats. Authorities believed if anyone went out on Halloween dressed as Jason, the costume would elicit more fear in the locals, which might have caused a riot. Extra Halloween patrols were promised by authorities if the suspect remained at large, but many residents of the town of about 11,000 at the time were not letting their children go trick-or-treating if police had not arrested the suspect by Halloween. State Police Sergeant Norm Roberts urged residents Friday to ignore unfounded rumors of a second slaying, but he asked them to be careful because the suspect may be armed and he may be dangerous. It has thrown panic into a lot of people, he said to, of the rumors. Everyone seemed convinced that Mark would show up around Halloween for some kind of climactic slaughter, demonstrating that perhaps he was not the only one who'd seen one too many slasher movies. In fact, Halloween passed without incident, despite the involvement of reputed psychic John Monty. Using dogs and helicopters, police searched for Branch for the third day Friday in the woods in the nearby town of Buckland. Suspicion of his guilt became a growing certainty when they found his blood-stained car abandoned near the woods in nearby Buckland the day after the murder, and authorities issued a warrant for Branch's arrest that Tuesday. The dense woods in the western Massachusetts town had been the site of several subsequent manhunts for the suspect. While Mark did own a substantial slasher flick collection, it's impossible to determine why he chose to kill on that October night. Locals reacted similarly to how their counterparts would in a horror film. There was no discussion about a deeper motive behind the young woman's slaying. Instead, the public picked a scapegoat, and they never looked back. Mark Branch was wanted in, con in connection with the slaying of Sharon Gregory. Agencies and private businesses hired a team of psychologists to hold post-traumatic stress counseling sessions in Greenfield at Greenfield High School with residents and members of the Gregory and Branch families. This came from Vice Principal Ann McKenna. Everyone still, including myself, is quite upset. A lot of people know, knew Sharon. She only just graduated last June. At the time of her murder, she was 19 years of age. Between Sharon Gregory's death death and the discovery of Mark Branch's body, the local community was in an uproar. Not only was Greenfield on lockdown, but people claimed that they saw Mark at multiple locations. An anonymous commenter wrote that there were reports of Mark Branch being spotted all over Franklin and West counties. Investigators followed leads from reported sightings as far away as New Hampshire, Connecticut, and even New York. Moreover, an article in the Boston Globe noted how local police set up a command post and used police dogs to search for Mark in nearby Buckland, Mass., after a resident, resident's sighting of a man resembling the suspect, Mark Branch. 
Some Greenfield locals think Mark became the lone suspect in Sharon Gregor's slaying simply because of his obsession with horror films. Not only the, did the local media demonize Mark, but the police essentially considered him guilty before catching him. Maybe Mark felt he had only two options, face a trial with a near-certain conviction or kill himself. In a story about Branch, a self-proclaimed Greenfield local named Marilyn wrote, the press in Greenfield vilifies nearly everyone for all sorts of reasons, and they do it repeatedly. It seems rather plausible to suggest that the newspaper is guilty of instigating his death. There were no new developments in the case until late November when a hunter discovered Branch's body hanging from a tree in the woods of Buckland. Authorities predicted from the start of the case that if Mark were dead in the woods, he would be found by deer hunters once the season opened on Monday, November 28, 1988. A medical examiner was on the scene to determine the cause of death. The clothes and description matched that of Branch, said Greenfield Police Chief David McCarthy. The coroner determined that Mark's suicide took place shortly after the slaying of Sharon Gregory. But there is still a mystery related to his death. Did he really commit suicide? Or was there another murderer in Greenfield at the same time? Were they somehow just a coincidence? The lack of follow-up reports about the exact cause of death added fuel to the fire of urban legends still surrounding Mark. Adding to the horror movie motive, of the Mark Branch story, a local le legend in the Greenfield area says Mark didn't kill himself in the woods. Instead, a local mob of vigilantes, akin to the townsfolk of Frankenstein or the citizens of Springwood in A Nightmare on Elm Street, found Mark and enacted their own justice before the police could locate him. People claiming familiarity with the case say that Mark had help hanging himself which sounds ominous, but not out, all out of the question. Though it would take a significant amount of restraint for their entirety of Greenfield to keep quiet about killing a mentally ill young man. Attempts to draw out more sensational details of the case, particularly those surrounding Branch's obsession with Friday the 13th, were made by local newspapers who petitioned the courts to release documents pertaining to the murder and to evidence confiscated from Mark's home. The motions were successfully blocked by an attorney for his family, and the story essentially ground to a close, wrapping up with a quote from the Greenfield Police Chief, David McCarthy. The quote goes as followed. He was so entrenched with Jason that he had to have the final chapter in his own feelings. He wanted to know what it felt like to live out the part of Jason, McCarthy said. Authorities have said the slaying may have been inspired by Friday the, thir the 13th series of horror movies. Mark allegedly thinks that he was Jason, the mass villain in the movies, a top investigator said about the outset. We'll never know the answer to this urban mystery, but the story alone is scary enough for people to stay indoors during Halloween. After all, you never know who could be lurking around. Thank you for listening again, and if you want to hang out some more, check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, and YouTube. 
We also have a website where you can go and suggest a case or you can look at the blog. Um, there's also a link to the podcast or you can join the email list and get up to date. There's also a link to the Patreon um, where you can donate even just the smallest amount. It will keep us going and keep getting some of these stories pumped out to you. But with that said, don't forget to like, rate, review, and we'll see you next time. The Curiosity Box delivers the cerebral fascination of Vsauce right to your door through engaging science toys, surprising puzzles, and books that expand our understanding of the universe. The creators worked together to create, design, and handpick each illuminating item in the Curiosity Box, including constructive kits, brain games, and imaginative custom t-shirts. Every quarterly delivery will turn your home into a laboratory of wonder. If you have always been curious about the world around you, then subscribe to the Curiosity Box and have access to the most popular science education network on YouTube as it energizes a community of Earth's most inquisitive minds with videos spanning science, math, and the human experience. And now all of that passion is in a box pulled out the screen and put in your hands. You can also receive monthly courses spanning popular academic disciplines to inspire and nurture the next generation of curious thinkers, innovators, and inventors. They are delivering a deeper learning experience through AR, VR, and video lessons on the MEL app. Join the curious community on their journey to explore the world, celebrate the amazing, and support brains for the future of our pale blue dot and beyond.